Hey, 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 just want to remind everyone, the College Football Podcast with Herbie Pollock and Nagandi. Incredible show. You can find it wherever you find ESPN Podcasts, and they will keep you up on all things college football. The College Football Podcast from ESPN. Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Well, this has never been done, SGG. <laughs> never in the history of this podcast have I done what I'm about to do. Uh-oh. But given the, the, the support, the love of the Cheap Heat universe, the vibe we need, and the sort of closing theme, I think that for the first time ever, I'm going to world premiere my Thanksgiving bars on. Wow. This is. (laughs) No, this is amazing. This is a big deal for you. This is. This is is the most wonderful time of year. This is the beginning of the season right here. SUG was expecting to hear it tomorrow on the show. Right. But because of this theme, I got to do it. So, guys, you may not get some of the jokes because it's some of the Hot 97 stuff. And you may also think that I'm a fool, but either way, for the first time ever, world premiere on the Cheap Heat podcast. Premiere, premiere, premiere. Rosenberg's Thanksgiving bars, oh, 2020. Green, 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 green beans really ain't for me, but put them in the oven, cook it 800 degrees. Whole fam eats. Granny bring the trees. Get the kids to set the table, bone appetite. I'm a savage, sweet, too nasty. Talk a big game, but my appetite match it. Wine in the glassy, greens make me gassy. Mom cooked the turkey too long, now I'm gagging. Ah, foodie. Man, that gravy, it drips like a movie. Bear ate the apps, now he's locked in my room. Bear, go to your room. Hunter, no fritos for cast, hold the shroomsy. I'm hungry and moody. Ah, I'm a savage. Okay. Gassy, boozy, flatulent. Okay. My uncle. Uncle's food nasty. Where's the food? What's happening? What's happening? I'm a savage. Okay. Turkey gravy mashy. Okay. My uncle food nasty. Mom, where's Remix. the food? What's happening? What's, What's happening? The hit. Mom's Betty Crocker with the crayon. Baby like so cute she might start her OnlyFans. Big why? <laughs> I stands for yams. Juanito, break your diet, man. Thanksgiving is your chance. White meat, dark meat. Ebro eats no swine. Jews all up in this thing. Save some lemon meringue. I like Andrew Yang. 
Yang, 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 yang. Never eat with jeans on. Shawnee shout to Queens. Strong stuffing for the whites. Boricuas like some rice. Pasteles and coquito. Got King Louis feeling nice. Bring lasagna. I'm an eater. I can't get enough to see. My niece and my nephew, you would make this day way sweeter. I'm a savage. Okay. Gassy, boozy, flatulent. Okay. Uncle's food nasty. Yeah. Hold on one second. You're not going to do a song called Savage and not invite the macho man. All right, first I'll start out with Ebro. Beat his ass down. <laughs> biker clothes hype beast supreme son of a bitch bullshit. I'll come right for your neck. After that, I'll grab producer grip, snap him in two. After that, I'm going straight to the camera guy. Bask him, Easter Parkway with the elbow drop. And last but not least, Shawnee Culture. Where are you from? Jamaica, Trinidad. Don't say Jamaica Queens again. And where's Laura Styles? Maybe she's been with the macho man. Oh yeah, New Elizabeth yeah. is Laura Styles. Ow. <laughs> Yo. World. <laughs> Yo. World premiere, man. Because Yo. of the savage part, I think it belonged here. Yo, they're not ready. Do you think? Now, here's the thing, SGG. I, I got to tell you. Incredible, by the way. You really like it? I'm, yeah. I'm nervous it's not going to live up to last year's turkey with the Because <laughs> that's a kind of a different level. No, this is up there. You think this is up there? Because I so it's so funny. I did a the version. Shia LaBeouf. This is still my favorite. What do you say? The Shia LaBeouf. This is still my favorite. Oh yeah, well of course. I mean, yeah. anytime you like me, you know, disrespecting, you know, if anyone showed any disrespect, you want to see the person get marked. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So I did it yesterday, and a couple that was of people one I played take? it for. What do you say? That was one take. No, no, no. So I did oh. it. And it's so funny because, like, I just wasn't feeling it. And I played it for some people close to me. And um, they were like, yeah, you kind of need to do it again. And so I did it again, literally standing up and, like, was more in my zone instead. And it's like it was a different song. It, it Like, it went from, like, I didn't find it amusing to just the energy of the take. It was actually fascinating because I wonder how much real songs that are actually good can change just from the performance mm -hmm. in the booth. It was It's vastly different than the one yesterday, it, like, which just wasn't hot. Because it's hard. I don't have an engineer. I'm recording it all myself. I'm layering all the tracks. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's really a lot of work just to do a stupid parody song. <laughs> I believe it. So for those of you who only listen to Cheap Heat and have no context, I do one every year and it's become like a bit of a thing. Like if you're, a, if you're specifically part of that show's universe, the way you're a part of the Cheap Heat universe, like this is something that's, it's on the, it's on the calendar every year. Mm -hmm. Jewelry Claws coming soon too. Joey Claus, he's a little more erratic. <laughs> Thanksgiving song you could count on every year, um, except for one year. I took off. But, and, but, you know, I've done like 10 of them, though. And it's to, to me, it's always just um, reminds you of holiday time. It lets mm -hmm. you know it's holiday time. It's here. And the time is now. It's, here. it's time to snack. Anyways, we'll talk food um, and we'll talk holiday plans and we'll talk Survivor Series. SGG, you see I'm wearing the festive shirt. Yeah, I was going to say, a throwback right there. 93. The shirt has, what a random, it's, it's Taker, Lex Luger, and the Steiners. But was Taker on that team? Because I remember Lex Luger 
and the Steiners teamed up against the foreign fanatics. Because that the turkey, I don't know if you realize, the turkey is Yoko. It is? You see the, you see the, the, um, the gear? I don't know what you call it, the sumo gear on the turkey. Do you see it? Oh, wow. I did not realize they have, like, the underwear on the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even realize that. Wow, SGG. Oh, and there's a little Japanese flag sticking out of the turkey. <laughs> the turkey is Yoko. Yo, that's crazy. So I guess it was Undertaker with the rest of this team. But did he face? Was he? Because I know he faced Yoko at a Survivor Series too, right? If I'm not mistaken. Let's see. the. Well, listen, you know, we could have found out this week if we'd had him on the show because he did the full press run again. (laughs) Word. Did you see how much press he did? He was everywhere. He did hot ones. He's out here eating chicken. He's out here eating chicken, stealing your gimmick. Yeah, come on now. He's on People Magazine. The All-Americans versus the Foreign Fanatics. Yeah. So the poster on Wikipedia, that's Tatanka in the Undertaker position. Well, let's see. No, it, it, it ended up being Undertaker. The All-Americans, Lex Luger, the Steiner brothers, and the Undertaker defeated the Foreign Fanatics, Crush, Jacques, Ludwig Borga, and Yoko. Yeah, because Tatanka's on the poster, so I wonder what happened. How he, how Undertaker, I got to go back and check it out. I wonder if he ended up in a, in a different match here, or if he got hurt. So yeah, um, let me just say, SGG, I'm putting a lot of pressure right here. The Undertaker, they ran another full press run for the Undertaker this week. Mm-hmm. Um in advance of the final farewell. Let me just tell you how disappointed I'm going to be if, if it's just a final farewell. Am I crazy? It can't be. Listen, this is pro wrestling. No retirements are real. No goodbyes are for real. I'm going to be so disappointed if all of this was a real send-off. No. He was in People Magazine, did Hot Ones. It can't be. That, that's the perfect setup for it to continue. Exactly. If it just ends, it would be the most un... I'm trying to use a... the Put this the right way. It would be so anti-wrestling. It would. And for a guy whose whole career has been being the most wrestling wrestling guy of all time, it can't end with a send-off in People magazine. Yeah, it can't. The send-off can't happen in the media. You have to come in, do the job, and then maybe you get all the like People magazine documentary stuff. But like this, this is not the exclamation point. I'm, I'm dead man. I'm praying to you. Let this be. This whole media this week, let the whole thing have been a work. All yeah. part of the big work. You know, he, he like, I just can't. I just really, really hope that it doesn't go out like it's. I want it to feel like it's it till the very end, till we start going, oh man. Till the, till I want Jew World Order to text each other and be like, wow, it's really over. Mm-hmm. And then, boom. boom. That's what I want. Bray Wyatt. Yes. Yes. You know, Not you know, People Magazine. 
Not Drew Barrymore or Oprah or whoever. He, no. 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 And, and no. I mean, listen, I'm sure we could come up with a non-fiend version I'd be okay with too, but someone important to end this whole thing. Has to be. But not, That's but not, what I want. Not in People Magazine next to a stack of pancakes making breakfast. No. No. Not a sit down with Kane. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to drop a bomb on you right now. Yeah. Even though I know people would like to see a match in arena. And that would be preferred. Not for me. I just want Undertaker to look good. So I don't care if he has a match in an arena or if it's another Boneyard match. I'm good. Yeah, He, he, he looks better with 30 takes, honestly. <laughs> so I'm just saying. And, and by the way, what I was about to say is with 30 takes, you can open the door to so much more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Yo, would so, WWE go full like Gemini man with it and do like Undertaker versus his younger self or something like that? Be like, yo, you sold out and now I'm here to reclaim your soul just because they can do it with the technology. Just have like a straight up CGI Undertaker versus Undertaker match. I mean, listen, they attempted to do Undertaker versus Undertaker a long time ago without any of that, and <laughs> it was terrible. The story oh. going in was fire, though, but, but the match. Would they do that? I, I guess it, how much does it cost, right, is what it comes down to. So here's, the, here's what I'm thinking. Because, like I said, because it's this sort of match... You know, I wonder whether you can really start fantasy booking this thing and make it whoever you want. Because think about it like this, SGG. It's not just the Undertaker who could benefit. Mm -hmm. Meaning everyone's sitting here thinking about, you know, oh, well, it would really be ideal if he was able to do it like a full match in an arena so it counts. I think there's a chance that ship has sailed and you're being demanding by expecting that he's still able to do that. And maybe we just take the joy that we had with the boneyard match. And, you know, what if, what if this whole thing played out and it's completely over and, and everyone is, you know, cause the rumor, the rumors are, we talked about this last week that they're going to have the whole, crew mm-hmm. all street bone street crew. crew what if it looked like it was all over and then because you could literally do anything that is true steve austin could have another produced match yeah you know like there's really no limitations to what you do so i just why end it? To me, it would be bizarre. You finally figured out a cheat code to keeping Undertaker around that we might have not figured out without the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Why now end it? And true. Why and why just keep it Undertaker? All your legends, they could come back and have like the match of their lives if you edit it and cut it right. Even with like the Edge Randy Orton match, the the greatest match ever. It exceeded expectations because they they didn't have the crowd there, so they could do a lot of things, like Ed said. We'll see. I just hope if it ends, 
with them being like, now let's show the behind the scenes of his article in People magazine. I will punch someone in the face. Yeah, that, that absolutely cannot be the way they do it. So what do you want to do, SUG, outside the ring? Before we get to Survivor Series, where, where do you want to start? So outside the ring, I mean, it's, it's arguing time, quite honestly. The first thing I have to stop, just because it's like so fresh in my mind, the PWI decided that this year they were going to do their first ever Tag Team 50. Oh, okay. And the number one team, even though I've, I like this team and I've defended them, but the number one team, is the revival FTR and number I am in, in, in what the number one that is PWI's number one tag team of the year for the evaluation period of October 1st, 2019 to September 30th, 2020. Uh, the criteria they stated was momentum, wins and losses, chemistry, activity. And it factor and FTR, a team that I'm a strong defender of, came in at number one. And as much as I would love to defend them, I cannot. This was a bridge too far. I, what, what, how, how could this be? This, here's, here's your top, here's your top five FTR at number one. Okay. Kenny Omega and Adam Page at number two. But they weren't even particularly good. Golden role models at number three. (laughs) The North at number four. Who's the North? They're in Impact. Okay. Impact tag team. Um, I think they might be the current tag team champions. Uh, They certainly held the tag team titles before in Impact. And then the Street Profits at number five. And I am shocked and appalled at two things. One, that the golden role models are just not flat out hands down your number one tag team. Number one. Number two, that the Kubuki Warriors are not in the top five. That's your one and two right there. And it could be, you could swap the order, whatever, but Kabuki Warriors and the golden role models, no matter how you rank, want to rank them, need to be in the top two spots. I, I don't agree with you. And don't agree with them. Who do you think is the number one tag team of the year between the dates of October 1st, 2019 and September 30th, 2020? You know, I'd really, I'd really have to think. Um, Hard to argue the two day because they didn't, they weren't together a lot of that time. Right. Not that they um, weren't together, but they weren't full strength New Day like you think of them because Woods wasn't there. But Biggie and Kofi did have the tag team championships for a lot of that time. It just wasn't all three of them. <clears throat> right. It wasn't all three. But yeah, but even what well, you said from October to what? October to September 30th. But but how long and how long has he been solo? He has he was solo. But then remember, he was solo for probably like a few months. So that does factor into it because even though Kofi and Xavier came back together, they weren't. They were like, it was a weird, it was just a weird year for them. Yeah. Street profits had a good year. There's no doubt about that. Um, 
because remember, I mean, part of that evaluation period, if I'm not mistaken, includes um, them being at NXT, right? And then that NXT premiere where they defended the tag team championships. It's like this, though. What is the, what's the golden role models? They both had great years, but what was what was their what's the achievement you hang their hat on as a tag team? They had the whole women's division on lock, like NXT, SmackDown, Raw. They were like it when they popped up on NXT. NXT beat AEW in the ratings both times. They defended mm-hmm. the tag team championships on all three brands, and they defended the tag team championships while defending the women's championships on both brands. If that's not it, fact, if them dominating the ratings is not it factor, whether it was solo or together, they had all the momentum because they were coming in from Bailey's um, hot singles run that pushed them into the tag division, that pushed Sasha into her Raw Women's Championship. Where are the Young Bucks on the list? The Young Bucks are not in the top 10. But see, okay, here, I know this is crazy because I'm not a big Young Bucks guy. But to not have the Young Bucks in the top 10 basically invalidates the list. Even though I'm not the biggest Young Bucks guy. They're the most consistent, high-level tag team on TV today, right? Like, basically every two weeks is the longest you go, basically, without them having a match. And when they have a match, it's like a real wrestling match, again, they're not my speed all the time. I still find them to be annoying and spot festy. And like, even in regular matches, I find it to be like a little too, um, like even this week, everything's very choreographed feeling to me. It's not my type of thing. Like, you know, it's one of the things dip loves about AEW is like the wrestling, the wrestling, the wrestling. I find some of it to feel very acrobatic and less just ground and pound real wrestling. All of that said, how can you legitimately, even if you're a Young Bucks hater, not have them in the top 10? That yeah. is <clears throat> ludicrous. It is. It is. Um, Especially when you think about FTR, too, when you don't talk about like. How could FTR be ahead of the Young Bucks? <laughs> I like FTR. I like FTR, but they're not a top. They're not the number one tag team. They're not a top five tag team for the past year. It's a very, that's okay. All right. Well, that's a fun argument. If we had more time to fight today, I could go into more, but there's more to do today. What else you got? John Moxley and Renee Young announced that they were expecting in the most John Moxley way ever. He just stated that he has a pregnant wife at home in the yes. middle of a promo and just kept it moving. Um, yeah, that was, I thought the same thing. I was like, could you be more Mox? Like, just like, just drop it in there casually. Yeah. <laughs> just kept it moving. Do you think it, Renee would see it as an offensive thing if, as a gift for having a kid, I just paid in advance for the therapy for the child to try to figure out its dad? <laughs> Probably. Like, this is just for future therapy when, this, when the kid's like, I don't even know if my dad likes me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, what do you mean? What does your dad like? It's like I don't know. Wrestling, I think. Uh, I can't quite tell about that either. Though. <laughs> Have you ever watched him work? No, very. I'm very happy for those guys. It's very, very cool news. And, and, and listen, honestly, let's be real. They're celebrities. They're wrestlers. All of this stuff becomes public information anyway. Pretty cool way to do it when you think about it. Yeah, he told us first, right? He dropped it in a promo to his audience. 
and just yeah instead of being like renee young because renee's promoting her book right, right. like renee has a, a a cooking book a cookbook coming out she could have very easily been like i want to do it on like you know someplace that makes sense literally she could have done it on an ig live with the bellas you know like she there's so many could have got people magazine or something like that yeah and she probably got on people magazine you're right um and instead it's it's done like just casually on a wrestling show pretty cool actually yeah. when you think about it so shouts to them what else you got and then lastly wwe announced that the thunderdome will be moving on december 11th um, beginning on December 11th, it'll be featured from Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay. Wait, what? When, yes. did, this got, when did this get released? <laughs> Today, I believe, like hours ago. Oh, really? Yes. Thunderdome is moving. Outside? I don't know how they're going to do it. It's the Thunderdome, so I don't know how they But Tropicana do- Field is the baseball field, no? Yes, it is. It is. But it has a retractable retractable situation, right? It does. See, I don't care enough about the Rays to to know. I do, <laughs> I do know that that stadium did have some issues, right? When there's like blackouts or something like that this past season that they had to deal with. So I think that'd be more of an issue than anything. Well, I'll tell you this though: whether it's outside or inside, it's much bigger. Yeah. So I and mean, we'll give it mean, a totally different feel. Does that mean they're preparing for an audience, or are they going to keep it like closed in? Uh, I don't virtual? know. This is when did this come out? This hours ago? Yeah, this morning. Why? Wow! I, I, it's so funny. You were reading the story, and you're like, "Yeah, the Thunderdome's leaving." I'm like, "Yeah, I knew that." And then you're like, "And it's moving to," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> And this ties into that too. Actually, apparently, you know, there's some whispers that WWE is not going to be doing house shows anymore. Ever? It's just that when the pandemic returns, they're going to be phased in out of the, the house. Pandemic's shows. returning already. When the pandemic is over, excuse me, excuse <laughs> me, the pandemic never left. But when the pandemic ends, uh, they won't be going back to the to the house show model. So, it might be that they're just going to focus their attention on TV, but. Um, so that means that means they viewed this whole thing as an opportunity to look at the money, like kind of crunch the money of what it takes to pay everyone to travel and but and probably when you add it all up, wear and tear on bodies. Because mm-hmm. then if you're just doing TV, right? What that once a week, twice on pay per views, which you'll be happy to take because you get your pay per view bonus. But then, like, more time with their family, more time to do other stuff, more time to WWE to have you out there doing, like, media appearances and things like that that boost the company profile that doesn't, like you said, put wear and tear on your bodies. So I, I but it is, but it is also weird because it's been so fundamental to what they do. Yeah, it's been the way it's always been done, <laughs> even when, even when, uh, even when they started doing like TV and even when it went from regional to national, the, the touring game has always been it, right? Like that's how, isn't that how they usually determine who's valuable to the company too? Like, all right, this person brought in a good house. Let's put the title on them. And, and like, you wonder, will they keep any, like, will they do Christmas time in New York still like do a few shows here? 
they have to, right? Some of them, I, I imagine it's going to be like the smaller towns that, that don't see as many house shows. Yeah. Maybe what they'll do is like little tours, like more like concert touring. Like we're going out for three weeks. We're going to do X and like, you know, make it more impactful when they do it. Yeah. But I mean, I have to, I have to think that, you know, the Christmas show at Madison Square Garden is, is safe. And like the SummerSlam heat wave tour, the road to WrestleMania show, I, you have to think that those are safe. Wow. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Um, okay. Well, that's exciting. So yeah, Tropicana Field is a dome. So I wonder if they try to set it up in a way to make it look just like it currently looks or if they give it a little bit more of an open, like I would want to take advantage of the dome aspect of it. That's giant. You know, that's yeah. a really big building. I wonder what you can do to make that cool. And when are they staying there till? Because baseball's going to start. I guess their hope is that gets they them to mania, basically. Yeah. Because- and then they're done. Yep, and then they could and like the vaccines here, and then they go back to some form of normalcy. Exactly, because that's what that's what I was thinking too. Because you know, once April hits, if it's still looking like this, then they have to really ask some questions about: Are they going to do another residency? Or are they going to try to like move it around week to week? You know, just go here, go there, because you know, with baseball being back and basketball still still going, even though it'll be like winding down that doesn't give them a lot of room to like a lot of room to maneuver. All right. Well, wow. SGG, you come with some big news, the PWI tag teams. Um, and now the Thunderdome moving, we didn't even get a chance to argue about um, Chris Farley. <laughs> I, th- I, I think we made it to the same page eventually. Yeah. I think it's, I do think it's cultural though, because I feel like, you're not going to find that many black people that are going to consider Chris Farley like a comedy genius and hold him in as high regard. By the way, but I'll, I'll tell you this. So the argument was I well, so that wasn't the problem with your argument. That is not the part that bothered me. Mm-hmm. You only got me mad in one trolling part when you allowed and did not disavow the tweet. <laughs> not that someone argued if Eddie Murphy and Chris Farley, who's better. OK, let's have that argument. The fact that someone included Keenan Thompson is what made it just like a mind blowing disrespect. It was one of those Twitter moments where like you're fighting with someone about one thing on Twitter and then someone else is something so crazy, saying something so crazy. You're like, yo, I don't even have time to deal with your nonsense right now. There are people trying to argue about other stupid things. Here you come. So I didn't mind your take that Eddie is what Oh no, there were two problems with your take. One, you said Chris Farley was a one-trick pony. False. In the words of Stack Guy Greg, that is false. That is false. <laughs> and two, that you didn't completely disavow any tweet that even allowed the words Keenan Thompson to be said. And I like Keenan personally. I know him, like him, and I think he's good. Don't bring him up around Dipperstein. Dipper. No? Okay. No. It's, it's like bringing up Bailey. <laughs> he, oh. can't, he by the way dipperstein if every if anyone wants to troll dip sometime on this podcast you think dip is negative on wrestling talk to him about saturday night live it is the same <laughs> everything and it's the same in every way too lauren michaels is vince mcmahon mm-hmm. the cast is really talented but the writing is bad <laughs> like it, it's the same thing 
So anyways, that was I, I, I don't have a problem with the cultural argument around Eddie. Obviously, there's some people where but, Eddie's going to resonate more because of how monstrous the characters were. And then the fact that SNL has just not done a good job retaining black viewership basically since he left. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the cultural argument plays into to the Chris Farley thing, too. Right. Because I do believe he was a one trick pony. I do believe his jokes False. boiled down to, you know. I'm a fat guy in an awkward situation. Ha ha ha. But that type of humor no. plays better on the other side. It's, it does. That well, of, listen, that I think that two things, one false on Chris Farley. Cause I mean, the, the, first of all, the bit itself, the Chris Farley show, he had a set, he had a bit named after himself in which he never yelled, he never fell down, he never did anything like that. He just sat there quietly being terrified to talk. So it's hard for your argument when he had a, a bit named after him that wasn't that at all. And that's, like, a t- that's one of the main things the he's remembered for. Matt Foley. No, 100%. Listen, I'm not, we're not going to punish him for him being a physically comedic genius, okay? I'm not... I'm not going to allow that to be a negative. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that I'm just saying that the, that it resonates if like you can see that there's two Americas based on how it resonates cuz like oh, But when well, I, I brought this up on the air. It's funny. I brought up the Ebro uh I brought up to Ebro Chris Farley Eddie Murphy and Ebro only saw it from a standpoint of viewing them both for doing different things. Him Ebro is one of the most racial thinkers I know, mm-hmm. but besides that guy, Greg didn't even cross his mind. Like he was just right into the Chris Farley's a genius. He's hilarious. He was like, Oh, black people ain't messing with Chris Farley. He didn't, he did not say that. So just, just two people's different takes on it. So I think it's more about where were you in your life? Were you dialed in with the show? And I think w- Traditionally, in my experience, white people stay dialed into SNL longer. Yeah. You know, and black people have comedy shows that they dove into that a lot of white people did not. So the color, Matt TV. Yeah. So anyways, just please don't ever bring up Keenan in the Eddie Chris conversation. I will say. And I love Keenan. Listen, Keenan got more range than Chris Farley, too. No. Yes. What's the range? He plays a yeah. version of Keenan Thompson in every single skit. <laughs> no, no. He's basically just like, well, you know, the thing is, this voice. Yeah, he does he impressions. Does he can do like the slapstick stuff. He's been in comedy longer. Greg, stop. This I mean, is this. This is like, this is someone talking about, you're talking to someone about Bret Hart and someone's like, yo, yo, hold on, hold on. Let me just talk to you real quick about mm-hmm. Adam Page. And you're like, uh, uh, okay, we can talk about Adam Page, but we're not going to talk about him right now. Chris Foley Chris is not Bret Hart. In, in terms of sketch comedy, not in terms of his skill set, but iconic status, yes, he is. He's absolutely Bret Hart. He's, or no, fine, he's Owen Hart. How about that? Fine. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Chris, but, but like my point is he's an absolute legend. Absolute legend. By the way, most people think that Owen Hart was the better natural wrestler than Brett, just so you just so you know. But I don't I don't deal with the thoughts of crazy people. But I just deal with the rational. No, you don't because- say that as you're trying to find any rationalization to have any mention for Keenan in a conversation about all-time SNL greats, except for how long his tenure is. And there's some people who argue 
that's not even a good thing. It's not, this isn't the same as um, a wrestling career. There's some people who think, why didn't you move on to something else? That's what the all-time greats do. In Eddie's case, showing his greatness by moving on after one year. One year. (laughs) So to be someone who stuck around for whatever it is, 17, my point is this. I don't like when people make me have to diss someone I love to prove a point because I think he's great and plays a nice part. But when you're talking about the highest level of SNL, the names that can get thrown around are Eddie Murphy, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman, Will, Will Farrell. I think Phil Hartman's right there, very close. John Belushi, um, Martin Short, mm-hmm. you know, Gilda Radner. I, you want to bring up Kristen Wiig? Okay, I can have a conversation, even though the era of show she was on, you know, you, Kate McKinnon at some point. Okay, we can have a conversation about where Kate McKinnon's going to end up. Um, but please, you can't just go, people can't just throw in people who've been around for a long time who you like. Like, I, I, there were a couple names Keenan people threw out. iconic sketches too, though, man. He's a funny dude. Who? Keenan. He's a very funny dude. He's a very funny dude. The key word is not iconic. He's a very funny dude. There's, and there have been, like, you know, David Spade was a very funny dude. Um, I didn't think David Spade was that funny. He has his moments. And Tom, he is the perfect foil to Chris Farley um, in movies. On yeah. SNL, I'd have to spend some time thinking about his SNL run. Fine. Bad example, even. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was definitely if there if there's somebody who definitely got carried to their spot in where they are, he he is he is one of those people in any industry. If you want to look at that, like he was just there. That I don't know if I'm going to go there. I'm not. I don't know if I'm. I'd have to think about his body of work on SNL. And I'll tell you this: he is funny in Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. He he he's not Farley, but he plays no. the part perfectly. Though he does exactly what you need to do to allow Farley to be Farley. It's tough because like not anybody can be the straight man, but I almost feel like I would go that far with like with David Spade to be like yo anybody could have been the straight man. My point is this: I feel like Mike are- Myers could have done that. By the way, Mike Myers, another person, I would even argue Mike Myers, who has absolutely iconic characters, still to me isn't an iconic SNL cast member. And he has iconic uh, characters. Um, Andrew was making the argument, and, and it's a fair point, Dave, um, Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. Dana Carvey was, to me, the top of the second tier, but he's absolutely incredible. Um, we need to have a full podcast on this one day. We should do a full cheap heat <laughs> SNL. An SNL breakdown. I mean, I'm sure dip and Goldstein will scream. And then Brian Mann weighed in and treated this exactly like he does wrestling. Like Farley. Yes. Farley gets laughs, but in terms of sketch comedy, I'm like, you're like the wrestling fan who starts trying to overanalyze the wrestling way past the point. Wrestlers would even do it. They'd be like, yo, my man, is it a good match or not? Like, well, Chris Farley, when it comes to, yo, laugh, give me this, laughs per second on the screen. Incredible, too. A stat that I've created. You like that? I like that. Laughs, LPS, it's laughs per second on screen. And Farley, Eddie Murphy, Phil Hartman, Belushi, it's where you find the real cream of the crop. Not on screen. And it works, unfortunately, SUG, from a statistical standpoint, works horribly against Keenan. Because he's there for so seven. Because he's been on there for a gazillion seconds all time. <laughs> Bring it down. Yeah. Yo, we haven't, okay, so we haven't even mentioned Survivor Series. 
I think what we're going to have to do here is a separate Survivor Series preview. Done. Is that okay? That's fine. What's t- tomorrow's Friday? Tomorrow's Friday. All right, we'll do. We'll we'll put this up today. We'll get emails from people, probably mostly about Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. and God knows what. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, no more complaining about our takes on Brandy Rhodes. And they did. They did well this week though, because they didn't say anything. <laughs> it was just physical. Wait, by the way, did they? Was Jade Cahill on the show? Yeah, Jade Cargill was on the show. Jade she Cargill. Stomped. What'd yeah, she, she do? She stomped Brandy's arm. Brandy's arm was in like a chair. And she stopped the chair, presumably broke Brandy's arm. Oh, good. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to see. What, what was the context, though? They just like after a match, they're like, oh, my God, we hear something's happening backstage. They get backstage. Uh, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero are holding back two refs who are trying to stop Jade from um, breaking Brandy's arm. And she does it. And then. Um, I think Big Swole and somebody else rushed to the back to like get in Jade's face, but I gotta tell you, AW has to work on the. We're hearing something's happening backstage. Uh, uh, It's uh, they did it. um, They also did it with the Kenny Omega John Moxley signing. Yeah, they did. Here's something's going on. Up, Kenny uh, John and Moxley's laid out. Um, Also, we have to have an intervention on Tony Schiavone's clothing. There's something really going on here. It's really upsetting. Has he aged out past the point where we can help him, though? Like, even if we have an intervention and go, like, full makeover, won't he just, like, take picks for the gram and then go right back to his? Okay, but if you're going to be in the ring, if they're going to call you into the ring, you can't do, like, the bad jeans and a sport coat that you you would wear to, like, a Zoom work meeting. You know, or how about this? If you're going to do jeans, I actually wore jeans to the last WWE pay-per-view. You wouldn't know it because I wore dark jeans. So if you wear dark blue jeans with a blue sport coat, you can pull it off and there's no notice. And then wear loafers of some sort. Do not wear bad jeans. But it can't be like the baggy jeans, though, either. I know, and you have wearing baggy jeans. Yo, man, this is a real problem. I I could argue it's the worst thing happening in wrestling today is Tony (laughs) Schiavone's outfits. Um, All right, so... We'll come back. We'll do. Um, do you have black power rankings this week? I do have black power rankings. Well, in that case. All right. In at number three, top flight. Uh, they fought the Young Bucks this week on AEW Dynamite. I was impressed. They ended up, you know, how everybody usually ends up when they face the Young Bucks, you know, flat on their backs, counting the lights. But um, <laughs> That's not fair. But it was Yo, a good match. Man, you are such a heel against AEW. It's crazy. It was a good match. It was a good match. It was. It they, was I will say this about top flight. They fly. <laughs> they do. And you know what, though? They, their young team, just being in there with the champs, I think, did something for them. I mean, they weren't going to get the win, but. They did a good. They did have a good showing. So, and I wonder if the story is real that one of them DM'd Matt Jackson, and that's how they got the opportunity. Probably, probably. That's what they say the story is. Probably. I just kept laughing when Jim Ross kept describing them as brothers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brothers. 
because they are brothers. But he'd be like a couple of brothers, and I'd be like, "Watch out there, Jr." <laughs> Speaking of a couple of brothers, in at number two, Cedric and Shelton Benjamin. They're coming in at number two, and the New Day are coming in at number one for the same reason. Uh, this tag team match for the Raw Tag Team Championships on Monday was incredible. It was a match of the year candidate. I really wow. thought that the Hurt Business was going to pull it out, that they were going to come away with the tag team titles and then move on to face the Street Profits. It's what I would have liked to see, but this is also the type of match that reminds you that Kofi and Woods, the New Day, still a strong team, still strong as ever, and um, I picked the Street Profits over the New Day because I felt like you know they had more synergy as a tag team, but this is the type of match that, that wipes that argument clean off the table. Mm. New Day coming in number one, Cedric and Shelton in number two. Man... I just wish it was the Hurt Business versus the New Day and the Street Profits. Yeah. Like, I just... Listen, I okay, a lot of people have argued that the traditional Cyber Survivor Series match isn't as good as we said. We're overhyping the past. Okay, I'll take along the argument. Can That's I just get true. one more, though? I don't agree with you, but but can I get a second match? Yeah. Who said it's overhyped? That, that is false. That is false. It's not overhyped. Not, a, not overhyped at all. Um, all right, SGG, let's, uh, let's come back tomorrow. We'll do another episode. We'll preview Survivor Series. That sound good? Sounds great. Well, the people are going to love it. All right, well, take it easy. Do me a favor. Take it easy and, and stay mage and all those things. Enjoy yourself. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the at this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Red. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 mage.